Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back with another episode of the Cosby Sheep Podcast. Joseph Pavone here alongside Joel Pavone, Sean Dutra. Huge game tonight, fellas. I talked about this last week, but now there's, there's a lot more to it now, right? Celtics, Brooklyn, Nets, Marcus Smart is back. Romeo Langford isn't too far behind. And we got Dan Greenberg to talk all about it. Greeny from Barstool, good friend of the show. And we're going to get right into it. We'll, we'll welcome him in right now. He's right here. Hi, man. What's up, guys? What's up? What's up? What's happening? I know you're pumped up for this matchup, and of course, Marcus oh Mark. fuck, man! Let me tell you, I am. <laughs> I Marcus Smart only adds to it, right? You know, I, I had I was a little ashamed of myself because, like, before the news came out, I was heavy on the be patient with him, even once he's cleared. Like, you know, don't even play him yet. It's, it's more important that he's healthy, you know, come the spring. And then I see the, you know, the bomb that he's going to play. And immediately I throw that all out the window. I'm like, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm like, put him in the lineup. Let me see him take 10 threes. Right. Who cares if he's healthy? He's healthy. I, I had no, like, I was, I flip-flopped on myself. As soon as I saw that tweet that said he was going to play, I was in. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's, <laughs> they needed, they needed him. I think we all, everyone here can agree. They've, they've clearly needed what he can bring to the table. So. I'm happy he's back. Yeah, I feel like Marcus had like 100% everything to do with this. Like, I feel like 10 days ago, he was like, no, I'm going to play in that Brooklyn game. We're not going to say anything about it, but that's the target date. And I think that's what happened, honestly. Yeah, because, I mean, he went from, we didn't even hear any sort of tidbits like he was cleared for five on five or he was starting to ramp up. It was like, maybe he'll be back after the break. Maybe he won't. And then all of a sudden, He's active for the first game after, you know, after the break. I just, he had to have been 100% like a week and a half ago. And then this was the the cautious waiting period. Like instead of coming back against the Wizards, he took that time off and he's coming back against Brooklyn. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I just, I just feel like he's been gone forever. 
you know, there were 99 in his absence or whatever. It, and and you and you feel like, damn, he's been he's, if you feel like he's been gone for the entire season. Basically. Yeah. yeah right? So it was it was it was 18 games. Yeah. yeah. And then February's I looked good. it up. Yeah, I looked it up today. The last time their best five, you know, I consider Tice their starting center and their best five. So the last time their best five played in a game together was January 30th. Wow. It seems like a, like eighteen games. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's and but you know what? Like we also, I keep trying to preach it. Like you got to keep perspective. Like there were issues while Smart was still in the lineup before right. his injury. Yeah, like yeah. the defense, the defense still had struggles. They couldn't really guard the perimeter, even when Smart was healthy and was active. <laughs> and that was games in which Kemba didn't play. So it's like, what's your defensive excuse? So. <laughs> well, I do think he helps and he solves like, you know, a majority of their playmaking and their, you know, their offensive stalling issues. Like we do need to see him be the version that we are hoping he can be because he wasn't playing all NBA defense before he got hurt. He just wasn't. Right. Well, I'm hoping yeah. and, I, and I'm saying this with confidence, right? I'm hoping that it, the subs are going to be they're going to look very different on the defensive end because he has so much to do with that. I think that was overlooked. Like his absence was was overlooking a big way for the Celtics team. But also, maybe this will quiet down those Celtics fans out there that are praying for, uh, you know, Nikola, for, I was going to say Jokic. For Vucevic, for Vucevic, all that Nikola stuff. For Vucevic yeah. to come in, to, you know, through this yeah. door or, or, or another all-star or, or someone close to it. I don't think that's necessarily the answer. Right? And, and I mean, obviously, I want to know what you think about this whole thing, but, like, who are some of the targets that you would like to see added to the Celtics team? Because I realistically... Mean, I think it's a couple tough. of pieces for the bench is going to do this team a, 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 a big – it's going to help this team in a big way. Yeah, I change my mind all the time. Like, one day, today I'll wake up and I'll be like, you know what? Add around the edges, veteran minimum deals. You know, they have roster spots they can replace without, you know, using the Hayward TPE or trading smart or making big core, you know, roster moves. You can still improve – you can still cut T, Jeff T. And bring in any other warm body in the league to play point guard, and it's going to help you. You don't have to do massive <laughs> trades. But then I think about it, and I'm like, well, listen, you know, what if this Harrison Barnes noise is literally the best player they're going to be able to get? You have to pull the trigger because you can't let it expire. But then right. I think, like, well, wait, what if we get to the summer and we use this 28 million on two or three guys that are, you know, 10 million, 10 million, and 8 million, and, and fill out your bench that way, opposed to dropping everything in one guy's basket who isn't going to get you over the hump. Because, like, Harrison Barnes by himself, I don't think you're, we're all sitting here being like, all right, Celtics going to the finals. Like, we're set. Yeah, he's just right. like, he's a nice caliber rotation piece that fits your puzzle, but like, you still have to overachieve to make the finals. So I just, I'm, I'm undecided. I'm just like, there are so many ways you could go that make sense to me. It's like the only thing I'll just be bummed and pretty mad about is, is if they just let it expire. Like I don't have a preference if it's one guy or two guys or at the trade deadline or in the summer. As long as you don't have to shed rotation players like Smart to bring that player in and you don't let it expire, I'm happy. Yeah, right. I think let's stay on the Harrison Barnes point for a minute because it's a very interesting player to say, you know, all of everybody out there that wants to say that we're we're missing that sort of Hayward factor this year, like I feel like Barnes could sort of fit that mold of of being that, you know, extra wing starter minutes 
Like yeah. playing, you know, what Gordon Hayward would give us whenever the hell he decided he was healthy enough. Healthy. To play. <laughs> but right. I'm just, you know, I, I do think when you say that Harrison Barnes is a put up from the top, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I, I would much rather have a guy like Harrison Barnes if you don't give up smart and right. Robert right. Williams. Right, like I think we're all in agreement. Yeah, Yeah, but you have to hope things are in love with 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 Neesmith, Aaron Neesmith, like that. Or Romeo, or Romeo, Neesmith or Romeo, throw in some you know some end of bench salary filler and types. Because think about it, if their if their if their objective is we just want to get young and we want to be cheap, yeah. Well, then someone like you know you might not think on the surface that Grant has a lot of trade value, but what Mm -hmm. he is is like. A semi-rotational player who's cheap. He was an end-of-first-round pick, and he's cost-controlled for four years, and then he hits restricted free agency. So it's like his contract probably has more value to the Kings than the production. But like, I don't give a shit why they would value you know players at the end of the bench, especially if they're rebuilding and they want to get young and they want cheap. Well, we have young and cheap, and if you have to throw two first-round picks that are going to end up being 25 and 26 like i'm fine with that go ahead because if he can be a player that helps you now and it's interesting what you said about like filling the hayward role because like barnes can give you 15 points a game as a fourth option easy Easy. he's not he's not going to replace the hayward you know playmaking and yet like we're not running pick and roll through harrison barnes as your primary ball handler Mm. but like so you're still missing that with what hayward gave you but if he can give you an, a semi-efficient 15 points as a fourth option to take pressure off the Jays, take pressure off Kemba, like right now that scorer and that shooter is Marcus Smart. And I don't know. I mean, I trust yeah. Harrison Barnes to be a more efficient scorer than Marcus Smart. I trust Marcus Smart to be a better facilitator than Harrison Barnes. But like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get, uh, what Hayward got, you know, on a consistent basis in one player. Because that dude is Gordon Hayward, and he's obviously not available. Yeah. What's what's the like? Honestly, your opinion. We're talking about the the fact that the, the Kings would have to make that decision to say like he's not hard, and we gotta we gotta get rid of him. Which I really don't have to do. But if they did, let's say they did, what's Harrison Barnes' market out there? Like, what teams could actually fit in his contract? Like I, I don't, I don't see it. That's what makes. So he makes what twenty twenty two. Yeah, like it's 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 mid mid twenties. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of contenders out there yeah. have the opportunity because that's tough. You would yeah. think like you would. Plus think he has that a couple would, years on that. Yeah, he's got uh, two. He's got two. He's got two years left. He's got two years left after this right. one. It's tough, right? Because like I'm trying to think, like would. Would someone like Golden State want to trade like Kelly Oubre and pieces? Yeah, you know, I mean, would he want to go back to Golden State? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking you're right because a lot of the contending teams don't have the money to make it match, and that's what that's what gives like you would think that's what gives the Celtics leverage, but at the same time, the Kings don't have to trade him. He's no, not, they don't. He's not even he's yeah. not even close to you know being up you know as a as an unrestricted free agent. So. Yeah. You know, they I've I've just accepted the fact that no matter what age does, whether it's a TPE move or a lower exemption move or an end of bench move, he has to over, he's gonna be overpaid. He's gonna have to overpay with picks or he's gonna have to overpay oh, with yeah. his player talent. 
just because he's operating with no leverage. Everyone in the league knows his roster needs help, and everyone in the league knows that that you know trade exemption expires, and yeah. they lose it if he doesn't get something done. So he is right. he is not operating from a position of leverage. So I'm like, whether that's an additional first round pick, or <laughs> it's like you have to throw in Carson in addition as like salary filler. It's just like you're going to have to give a lot to get something just because of the reality of the situation. Is there a particular position you would like to see Danny Ainge address? Like, cause in my opinion, the wing position, whether we're talking about three and D guy, mm-hmm. on ball defender, someone who can score, I think that's so important to address. You just mentioned Gordon. Hayward. Yeah. I think has it has part. to be wing. Right. For me, it's, it's wing and it's backup yeah. point guard. That's it. Those are my, my number okay. one and number two. Cause let's just say it's Harrison Barnes, right? Even if you don't think that that's like, oh, big deal, Harrison Barnes, you're going from giving like semi minutes yeah. to Harrison Barnes. <laughs> like yeah. that jump in and of itself is that's a an sizable impact. difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's say, let's say you're able to bring in literally any other point guard in the league over Jeff Teague. Just that jump <laughs> from Jeff Teague. It's just, yeah. listen, he's a nice guy, I'm sure, but like, hey, jeez. Yeah, Plus, the production is what it is. Like, nice guy. Like, I need it. You know, I, I wish him the best. He's had three solid games. Three. That's about he, it. Yeah. Not enough. You know, like, I still can't. Tr- would you, would either, would anybody on this, no, no, in this, yeah, uh, in this but, but podcast, are you trusting Jeff Teague in playoff minutes? No, no, absolutely. Okay. So, if we're not going to trust him in playoff minutes, he doesn't yeah. need to be on the roster. Like, give me, I'm give sorry. me the Pritchard over over T for sure. Right, but at the same time, like I don't want to go into a postseason and have to have that expectation of a rookie point guard. Like that's just not yeah. fair to him. No. Like give me what Teague was supposed to be was an NBA veteran, experienced point guard who could spell the Kemba minutes. That's all I want. Right. There has to be got whether it's Isaiah, whether it's like Josh Hart. Like it yeah. doesn't matter who it is. That man behind. Like, that man. It behind. could be. Right, trade for Rondo for three million. Like, but I'm not. That's not even a joke. It's just like literally. But if you're a warm, if you're a warm body, you're a better option. So like, just the just the internal jumps from having to give you know Semi and Javante minutes and Teague minutes with other NBA caliber rotation players makes you better. Yeah. Well, how, well, how about this, Greeny? Because this is this is something I've been thinking about as well. Because I was never big on bringing a sharpshooter in here. You know, the, you need instant offense. Bringing a sharpshooter, I wasn't a huge fan of that until about a couple of months ago when Peyton Pritchard proved to me that he's a secondary playmaker. Give yeah. him weapons. Is, is that something that you're thinking about as well? Does this team need a sharpshooter? Does he it need has some weapons? It. Yeah, man, it, they needed it since the draft. They drafted someone who was supposed to be that guy, and we never even see him play. Right. You know, because even when Romeo comes, because even when Romeo comes back, I'm not. I mean, he's not a shooter. He's not yeah. a scorer. He's there for his his defense. transition offense, his off ball yeah. cutting, his yeah. defense. We've seen there's a need and a role for this team to have a reliable shooter next to the Jays to help create space. The whole point of the Celtics system is to create space for Kemba and space for the Jays to attack the rim and get into the mid range painted area. Yeah. Well. If teams don't have to worry about your shot or your option is like Shemi, like Chris, he's, in, he's improved. Like, listen, hand up. He can make two or three here and there, yeah. but like, you're not running, you're not running pin downs for Shemi to come off a screen. Right. Well, that's why like, he's open, right? Greeny. That's why he's open. That's right. right. And and I think in, in playoff teams will say, listen, if we lose to Semi Ojale, like 
We'll live with it. Right. All I want is them to just have a player, which theoretically should be Aaron Neesmith, where they can just run the Ray Allen offense, run him off pin downs, catch and shoot, make it so he doesn't have to make any decisions where he could potentially mess up offensively. Get the like, run the Duncan Robinson offense, run him off screens, catch it, shoot it. He's supposed to be a sniper. He was supposed to be the best shooter in the draft. How can he not even see the floor? And then when he does see the floor, I feel like they don't even run anything for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough because, you know, the pandemic, you didn't play for what, like nine months? What Payne Pritchett has over, over, uh, Neesmith is that fact that he went to college for four years. Right. So he's, he yeah. came in way more prepared for the NBA game than Neesmith did. You know, well, let me ask you, right? Like, right, we just had a, bad. we just had a situation where, you know, Jalen missed a couple games here and there. How am I having Aaron Neesmith be a DMP in a game where Jalen doesn't play and they need wing depth? Like, yeah. we're at the point where, listen, like, well, that's what Javante comes in. How much of like <laughs> how much of like summer league basketball is impacting you when you're in the middle of the season? Like yeah. I just need to see you hit right. the floor and get into a rhythm. And what's annoying is like we saw him start to get into a rhythm. You know, he looked better defensively for four or five games. Then he has four straight DMPs. How does that make sense? Unless and I, I said this, I don't know who I was talking to. I said this. I was like, the only thing that makes me understand why they all of a sudden didn't play him. What if he's the guy getting traded and they don't want him to get hurt? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, and they just, and yeah. they just shut him down until yeah. they figured out the trade because he was playing 26 minutes a night for like first guy off the bench for six straight games and looked good. The best he's looked this season. And he now he's not 15. He put up 15 yeah, and now he's, and now he's not even, he's getting DMPs. Like that screams. Hey. We're shutting him. Someone said they liked him. We're shutting him down so he doesn't tear his ACL. It's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> See, I was thinking that about Rob, but now, but now he, he Rob has looked so great. Rob Williams looks so good for the Celtics team. And when you think about the, the, this this team's center position, you're like, no, you can't let go of this guy. At Honestly, least, at least not for the names that have been mentioned, not yet. Yeah, no. and I and I and I tweeted it and I regretted it, but like, I want to say he's untouchable. And like that's so outrageous to say, but like <laughs> that's outrageous. He's kind of like he's kind of impossible for me. Like I kind of don't we want have to, to see this you know, through. I, I mean, honestly, you have to see this through. I mean, I, I, I don't, I just don't agree with untouchable just because it's it's like superstars. And yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, yeah, like yeah. in reality, like <laughs> right. everyone has a price, but but honestly, <laughs> yeah, million dollar man, baby. Uh, but honestly, like you don't want it for Barnes though. That's that's what we mean. But he is. I'm not trading him for Barnes. No, exactly. either. But he is like the most important addition that the Celtics have made. When anybody that's sort of like made an impact that hasn't been for the entire year, yeah. like Rob Williams' effect over the past, you know, it's been the four game winning streak since really he's been sort of let loose and it's been like, okay, well, fuck it, everyone else sucks, so let Rob yeah. play. That <laughs> what's what's crazy. And, and I and I, you know, recommend you all and everyone listening to look it up. He's basically young DeAndre Jordan in his first three years with the Clippers. Young Lob City DeAndre Jordan. It yeah. was Jordan. It was Jordan's third year. He started for the Clippers. He was playing around twenty-five minutes a night, and he was putting up seven and seven. And he was dunking everything, and he was blocking everything. You look at Rob. Rob's playing like fifteen minutes a night, putting up like seven and four. You know, it's like the same – it's the same trajectory. Yeah. The advanced metrics 
I might tweet it at you guys after this podcast so you can see. Yeah. It's like he's, he's on the young DeAndre Jordan trajectory. That's his confirmation. You think you like. think so though? Because I I feel like one of the reasons why he wasn't getting that much minutes throughout his career here, let's be honest, is one because he's you know he's always been on the injured list, and two, yeah, his de- his timing on defense has just never been you know. But I'm telling you, where it's look supposed at to the be first. Look at the yeah. first two years of DeAndre Jordan's career on the Clippers when he was 21 and 22 or whatever. It's the same. I'm not even kidding. It's literally from every year that he, in his first three years before he became like the Lob City DeAndre Jordan, he's on the exact same progression that we're currently seeing with Rob, who literally is the next version of Lob City. Like, <laughs> all you need to do is just toss it to the dude and he's going to dunk it just like DeAndre Jordan. Does that make Peyton Pritchard Chris Paul? But, I mean, listen, I'm not going <laughs> to listen. You're not going to get a no out of me if that's what you're looking for. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, I'm so, I'm so impressed with how he's looked. It's just, uh, same here. incredible. It's, it's a prayer. It's a really, it's a draft, it's a draft day prayer that he's this good. This yeah. Early. I think the other day I, I streamed out. Can you get the veteran point guard in? Like, you know, like <laughs> I know that's how he about- plays, though. <laughs> yeah, that's legit. how. When you watch him, he never looks rushed. He never he would rather he would rather pick up his dribble and get a three second call trying to find some dude spinning yeah. in the paint yeah. than like make a bad pass. I can live with that. Yeah. Well, I think mean, if we're talking about Pritchard too, I think one the crazy thing about Pritchard is he gets going and then he steps out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> How do you how That's many honestly how do they not – can they just practice it? Like, do they need to do, like, the Hoosiers deal and, like, bring a tape measure and, like, measure it out? What? It seems I like don't get it. He's rolling. He'll, like – he'll be like, oh, wow, he's just had, like, you know, three three-pointers in the second quarter. Great. And then he steps out of bounds and Brad's like, yo. So, right. Again? Now, let me now let me ask you three because this, this might just be – it might be a me issue, but there's not a three I do not want him taking. Like, if he wants to pull it up from 35, never complain. I've never God bless it. Like, yeah. good luck. I feel you know, like, like yeah. he has a – for me, I, I call it like he has a Steph Curry green light. Whatever yeah. shot he wants to take, like, I trust him to take I it. Trust which his, is – I trust It's bananas. It's bananas. <laughs> but then he'll make it. And I'm you like, what, all right. You know what Jules would say, right? I don't remember. Like, it's the sticks. It's the sticks, man. He's rocking the sticks. That's what. <laughs> you know, he's finally bringing some good karma to that number. I don't know. <laughs> this episode of the Cosmic Street Podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing now. Now, BetOnline.ag isn't just about sports. If you don't want to bet on sports, BetOnline has other options such as award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Now, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Head over to BetOnline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Now, don't forget to use that promo code CLN has 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts I agree uh, this is my last one for me uh, looking ahead here I, I just overall Going towards the trade deadline again, 
whether it's one of those low tier guys, whatever the, whatever the case may be. I just heading into it, I want to see this thing through. Marcus Smart coming back, Kemba Walker, the core, the core, you mean the core? You want to see the core? Yeah, through. like I want to yeah. see the core through. Like I don't, I don't want to see uh, a big trade for for an all star caliber guy, or, or even if that's realistic at this point. Let's be honest here. Like I don't think this team is in that space to, to smash the panic button. I want to see what this core can do. You know, obviously we remember what happened in the bubble, and I think they learned a lot from that. And the Jays, of course, have a lot to do with that. You know, but with that being said, obviously All Star Weekend was was huge for those two. How do you feel about this two, um, the, this two relationship? You know, this relationship going going forward, right? Because heading into the All Star break, my my thing was these two need to have like an uncomfortable conversation, like like whatever they need to air out. And I'm not saying like personally, right? I, I want them to talk about what they don't like about the team. You know, maybe Ooh. these two don't have that necessarily kind of relationship where they open up and say how they truly feel about certain individuals or whatever the case may be. How do you feel about that? Like, is that something you think that the Jays are like everything is great? There's nothing that they need to necessarily work on. Where do you fall on that? Because Jay I think out an article, like these guys are like completely like what, what do you say? The the the, the, the all star brought them closer and they have a strong bond. I'm like, that's a force. And I read the that's whole thing twice. Who said it? Believe it. Who said it? Gary Washburn. Oh well, yeah, Gary. <laughs> okay. I mean, but listen, bond. listen. I think he's he's. I mean, he has more. He has more connections and more sources than I do. So, like, listen. No, but I'm gonna, get it, but, but I, that what, what like I mean by that is that his article didn't convince me. Like, I, yeah, I still don't believe it, it. Like, but it also sounds a little bit like, "Hey, let's get this narrative out there to like kind of give right. us a better, that a fresh part. start that. heading into the second half." Like right. that, I that I wouldn't consider completely out of bounds. For me, the biggest thing that I think this first half has taught them, and you know, has taught pretty and is, and is warranted, is like when you're the man. And they are, for all intents and purposes, they're the guy. They're, they're like, I consider them, you know, as one entity. Absolutely. Even if it's not warranted, you get the shine and you get the blame. Like, nobody would argue that they aren't carrying their load, but their inconsistency is on their shoulders. And that just happens when you need to be the leader of a team. We haven't seen them. Like, all the things that we feel like Marcus is going to be able to bring when he's back, the intensity, the accountability. The, you know, like we can't have games against the Wizards where Jason Tatum is jogging back mm-hmm. because he's missing and getting beat down the floor. Right. So I think it was a learning experience for them to be like, all right, to win and be the guy for a franchise, it's more than putting up 25 a night. You have to just learn how to take the bullshit. You got to take the, the criticism because when you play well and when you come through, you're going to be treated like a god. Right. Like, let's just call it what it is. Right. We will prop you up as a city and as a fan base to an insufferable level around <laughs> the league, and we will treat you like gods. But with that, the team is 19 and 17, and Tatum only missed, what, three or four games? Right. You know, like, that's inexcusable. Mm-hmm. So I just think they – I want to see what their leadership looks like. Like, what if they come out and they're like, we've gotten worked by the Nets so far. We're putting a stop to it, and they elevate their game. Like then, I'll be like, okay, That's maybe, what they, maybe they did have some sort of connection or or something over the break to like right. we need to flip a switch as a team. But that only happens if us, the two best players, flip the switch. Right. I mean, I do, I do think though the Celtics are a little bit old school with the way they do their leadership. I, I do think it, it's not all the best player. I think. Marcus Smart has a ton to do with it. You know what I mean? And, and Well, that's the thing. It's, it's not only that they're the best player, but, like, 
Jalen is sneaky, like the longest tenured player after Smart. So it's like he's the best player, and he's been here the longest. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hear you. I just think I just think that this this Brooklyn game is. I mean, going into so at the beginning of the season, I think I was on the on the minority of thinking that this team really had a chance to stand up to Brooklyn in that Christmas game. So I was like, ah, oh, shit. Was it Christmas Day? Mm. Yeah, it was Christmas. And uh-huh. they, they were right there for like two and a half quarters. They were yeah. they were neck and neck. And then but, Durant went on like a 14-0 run by himself. And that was it. Yeah, he went off. And so, I was mean, like, yeah, he looks good. He's fine. I, 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 really, I really hope that they have all their big four playing, which I don't know if Durant's ready to come. No, Durant's, Durant's, out. Durant's, out. Durant's, Durant's out. out. Durant's out. Durant's out. Oh, all right. Yeah. And, you know, the Celtics have no... But you know what? They've still been running through the East, even with, even with you know, yeah. Harden and, and Kyrie, yeah. and now they got Blake coming back. So, listen, like, the, it's you're going to have to play the best game of your season to win, no doubt about it. Like, you can't have a 19-point quarter and think that your defense has looked good enough to stop a healthy Kyrie and a healthy Harden. See, but I feel like the Celtics, other than that Brooklyn game that happened originally and on Christmas, when they play top competition, they're in the game yeah. every single yeah. time. They play up to that competition. Yeah. So I want to see them really, you know, well, obviously a win would be huge, but it has to be something that you sort of can take and move forward. Yeah. It can't be a shitty win, you know? Yeah, and maybe maybe you guys feel the same, felt the same way, but I was saying before the Clippers game, even before, like we didn't know Paul George uh, or Kawhi was going to sit. But heading into that game, I was like, this team needs a statement win. We have not seen them. It was, you know, they're starting to get out of it. We haven't, they've been terrible for the whole month of February. Like they needed a win first, a statement win against a good team. And then they needed the second test was like, you got to put a couple together now and back up your big win. Mm -hmm. Same thing is true. Now second half of the season, everything is supposed to be a lot better. That's what they've kind of been preaching us. Like you need a statement win to say, all right, Underachieved in the first half, but with when we have our guys and we have our talent, we should be talked about like any of the top three seeds in the East. They can't come out and get blown out because if that happens, I, I can't even. You can't convince me to talk about them being a legit contender. If if healthy, rested, everybody's ready to go. You're playing well. Like you have never been in a better. And listen, they don't have to win. Like. If they lose on a game winner like they did with the Lakers, right. I'll still feel okay. It's just <laughs> you can't you can't get blown out like you did against the Hawks right. tomorrow night. You just can't. No, I, but but I do think if they can, if they do win and Kyrie Harden play, then there's a top four in the East. There's not a top three and then whoever else. There's, so I would say I would say they give you the signs that there could be, but given their inconsistency, I need to see it. I'm not putting the Celts in hey, that top I'll three take, tier take, until I'll they do it for, you know, at least a month. Give me a give me a month stretch. Yeah. Right. Give me a, hey, a larger sample. You know what? February was long. That was I'll a long take, month, man. I'll take the record of Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Marcus Smart playing together over over what we're looking at right Definitely. now. You know Definitely. what I mean? I just think like that's you it. just have to I think it's okay to hold them to a standard to where like you gotta show me. Like for me. They're they're in the top of that fourth or third tier, whatever it you know, after Milwaukee, but ahead of, you know, the Miamis, the Indiana. They're the top of that tier. But there's a you, there's a jump that it takes to get to the Milwaukee tier. And then a jump to get into the top two tier. Top two. I, 
I think they got it. I was I was shaking my head at Sway saying, I just want to see this through because he literally has been preaching to me that this team is a four seed, nothing better all year. And I've been arguing with him and I finally joined him after their after their final uh Yeah, but see for a four seed, but in a best of seven series, you know, it don't matter about this team. Right. But you need home court. Home court. I've been I've been stubborn. I, I'm an optimistic like you. For me, my my expectation was a three or four seed. Like if it if it gives them a better path to be four instead of three, like I won't give a shit if right. they're the four right. or the three. But a three or four, you know, a home court advantage team. Let's put it that way. My floor expectation, healthy, playing to their potential, has always been Eastern Conference Finals and still is. If this if they're four play to how we know they can play, I don't care who the other top three seeds look like. My expectation is you're winning at least two rounds and whatever happens in the final four happens in the final four. All right, I'll put it this way. I think we're all aligned with that, but I, uh, yeah. the team's fully healthy. The team's playing at the potential. Let's say everything's rocking and then no trades. Can this team make the NBA finals? Who are they playing in the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, yeah, that's the question. <laughs> that's the question, yeah. I think, yeah. But let me put Good it answer. Like, <laughs> or they're playing Brooklyn. So they'll they'll be competing. They'll be competing for a spot. I don't think it will be a quick a quick Eastern Conference final. They could lose in six. They could win in six. You know what I mean? I think it'll be it'll be something like last year, where like if they do lose four games, three of them will be by five or less. You know, like they'll be right there. But again, here's the problem: even playing at their full potential, they don't have as much of a margin for error. Like Brooklyn does not have to play at their highest potential for them to make the finals. That's the gap that we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with, with fans coming back to the to the arenas, home court now becomes much more important than than it was a season ago, right? Right. So you're playing for home court essentially. Right. I'm, I'm I'm guessing, right? I think the Celtics, put, think the Celtics want to take advantage of that, right? I'll put my money on five thousand Boston fans over five thousand other fans any day. Yeah. That home yeah. court is is a whole other level compared to other ones, right? Like that's. But you know what? I just feel like because of the pandemic, like I feel like that's going to be everybody's pro- every every arena that has fans in it. I think is going to because we're all so yeah. starved for shit to be back yeah. to normal that like it's just going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting like the same way that no fans was like an equalizer. I think having fans for everyone is going to be an equalizer because. Yeah. Every crowd is going to be so jazzed. Up. Even the Bulls fans are going to come out and go nuts. That's true. Yeah, man. I think about like think about what Madison Square Garden is going to yeah. be like if the Knicks make the playoffs. Like uh, that might be the biggest you know home court advantage in the entire league. Yeah, I hope I hope one eight is Brooklyn New York Knicks. I would love that so much, man. <laughs> to be honest, there's a couple of there's a couple. I mean, listen, what if what if we see like uh, let's say Brooklyn gets number one? What if we see like a 2-7 matchup of, like, Philly-Miami in the first round. Ooh. Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Of Miami. Best of seven series. You never which, know. You know what I mean? Like, all the seeds four through nine are, like, you know, that could be yeah. – like, how do we know that, like, Jimmy Butler isn't going to start hunting down the Sixers if he sees that matchup right. could play out? What about – I don't know. I mean, that's just – there are. that's what's weird about this year and, like, how good – like teams like Charlotte and them. Yeah, what about Celtics and Charlotte in the first round? Yeah, like that could be insane. <laughs> Bring it on. Imagine, imagine losing to the Hornets in the first round. Like, <laughs> Scary Terry. Oh. Hey, you know what? No I'm, one's getting fired. I will, I, will, I will say the only reason why we would hypothetically lose in a future series against Charlotte 
Scary Terry. That's the only reason. Yeah, why that's yeah. He hasn't been, he hasn't been in the playoffs in a couple years. I mean, Gordon. Gordon's giving them the Gordon that we always wanted. Exactly. Just like, they're good. They're just legitimately good. That's yeah, all yeah. you can say. Kurt came back in the garden for Gordon. He's tearing his fucking whatever. Oh, come you on. Know, I hope not. I hope <laughs> come on. Not. Come on. That's not. I hope not. That's, hope not, not. that's not all right. <laughs> Yo, last question for me, uh, uh, Danny, before we get you out of here. Miles Leonard, right? He's away from the team, from, yeah, from the Heat, for his comments. And despite, you know, his apology or whatever, what are your thoughts on all, on all of this? I mean, I think it's with everybody. I mean, you can't do it. It's just probably a wrap for him in the league. Would it shock anybody if they don't, you know, they don't pick up his option next year? Who's going to want to take that PR hit? It's just like, I mean, I saw his apology and the whole like, oh, I didn't know what it mean. Like, no, I'm always just tune that out whenever that stuff happens. That makes the worst, right? Yeah. Like, I just, you knew, like. You see that you were caught in 4K, bro. Like, yeah. saw you. <laughs> you, you, there was a pause before he said it. Like, yeah. you knew what he was doing. It's just, it's just, it's sad that that shit happens, but it's, it's also an eye-opening experience that it's, it's a real issue and it's not going away anytime soon. But I think, I mean, I mean, that's probably it for him in the league. I can't see anybody. He's not a good enough player. To be uh, like, yeah, that's the thing. Right? The PR head, yeah. Cause know? I mean, he's, he's injured for the rest of the season. So it's like, you know, cut him and, and don't pick up his option. And then, you know, let's deal, let, let the NBA deal with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't think they'll cut him because there's like financial, like future cap stuff. I think they'll just like, they'll just have him be estranged. The season will end and then they won't pick up his option. Yeah. The strange thing with the Myers on thing too, is that if you remember a couple of years back and I, I sort of looked in this, I don't remember this. Pat Riley got in a lot of trouble too. Some hot water for some shit that he said, as well, and all sort of got a second chance because he's Pat fucking Riley. Well, I was gonna say, there's, a, there's, a, there's a massive but you know gap between Pat Riley. And Come on, man, Lakers Showtime. Come on, bro. What, what, what are we talking about here? I'm just saying, same organization. You know what I mean? Like maybe they show they they try to use him as a real. But I, you know, I just think I was talking to Sway and Joe about this before the the show. The gaming culture and just what they oh, fucking yeah. say on that shit. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like I don't, I don't do, I don't game. I'm like, Maybe. I pull my, I play my 2K dynasty. None of us do. Pretty much here, <laughs> yeah. you know. I just, like, I just I, see my nephews. It's fucking despicable, bro. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, like, it's a huge. It's obviously, you know, wildly popular. It's a huge market, all that stuff. But from what you see, it's like the wild, wild west. It's like the worst of the internet comments. Yeah, but I was telling. Stuff, I was telling Sean, man, it's a, and most of them is a bunch of it's a bunch of nerds who are so afraid to say those words that it makes them feel powerful. Like you're you're look you know, looking at Leonard, right? You're a right. grown man, educated man, making millions of dollars. You're a celebrity, like you know what I mean? Like you have way more accountability, than right? And it's like, it yeah. wouldn't be justified if like a 14 year old was saying it in the chat. Like it's still as messed up for him to do it, right? Yeah, of it course. Like that's just right. like an in life thing like you gotta just exactly you gotta just have some you know yeah think before you speak i guess yeah this this is why i don't buy his apology because i was like the same passion you had about talking about why you don't want to kneel for the national anthem or your brother's in the service this and that and the other thing which you know you either agree with it or you don't i wanted to see that you know that kind of uh explanation you know to why you said what you said because that's i I don't i don't buy it that he's just the first time he's saying it or that he know what the word meant because he's lying yeah well i can't remember I can't remember who tweeted it, but I thought it was brilliant. It was like, it was something that like the context of the Myers-Leonard situation 
isn't that he was playing video games. The context is that he used that word as like a derogatory insult of like mean spirit. Like that's the context. Like, okay, let's just say you don't know what that word means. You still were using it as an insult. So you kind of had to know that it was some sort of negative around it. You know, because you weren't giving the guy like a compliment when you said it. Yeah, you said it. So that's the con. Like when people say like, oh, he was playing video games and caught up. Like, no, no, no. He (laughs) He was playing video games. But he wanted to throw a shot and an insult exactly. or whatever right. and whoever he was talking to. And that's the word that he chose. Yeah, especially yeah. saying especially saying fucking before. So come on, really? Like right. you was gonna say yeah. there wasn't anything positive. Anything there was nothing else. endearing in that. Exactly. It's a rock band. <laughs> and that's I mean, listen, and it's it's I don't consider it like a cancel culture thing. I think it's having, you know, to deal with the consequences of your action. Like exactly. that's just that's a normal Plain life simple. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's it's it's thing. it's messed up. I mean, how I think you know, you would have to be pretty deranged to have any other sort of, you know, and I say my last name's Greenberg. I say this as someone who he was talking about. And it's just right. like, it's just, you gotta just, you gotta be better. I don't know how else you can say it. You just gotta be better. Amen. All right, Dan, we appreciate you. Greening. Dan Greenberg, you already know Barstool Sports. Uh, follow him on Twitter if you don't already. At Greening. The Cosmic Street Podcast right here. My favorite guest. Man, yeah, absolutely. Hey, anytime you guys... Anytime you guys want, man. You know, no, this is all he I says, think he about said, all day anyway. He says that about all our guests, so, you know. He, he, no, he, he take with a grain of salt. Even if he was lying, that's all good. <laughs> Actually, you know what? You know what? You said about Draper. That was the only yeah, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Draper. Oh. Draper. <laughs> Draper's a cool dude, though. Don't love him on the play-by-play, but I, I, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I got you. All right, Greeny. We'll talk to you next time, man. Appreciate it. All you. right, guys. Enjoy them all, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, he's up there, though. Greeny's definitely up there. I just bust those balls. And we also got the uh, Patreon. Sign up, subscribe, get up Causeway After Hours for some. uh, If you think we're crazy on this show, you got to check out the After Hours. That's when we're really crazy. Oh yeah, you want you want to see the young you want to see the young cut side of Causeway? I'm in the car with my wife, and my phone's going off in my pocket. I'm like, I fucking pull in my pocket. I go, Paula, I'm driving. Can you, I, I don't want to like look at my phone while I'm driving right, with Jordan yeah, in the car. So yeah. I was like, just just tell me what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and she's literally like, what the fuck, Sean? <laughs> like immediately it's my fault. You're fucking hanging out with people willy dilly because <laughs> you got to be the center of attention. Huh? You're like all this stuff. And I was like. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, at this point, she, she didn't even tell me. Text, right? She didn't even tell me that you got COVID. I'm just, I'm just. I didn't have COVID, by the way. Just, uh, just, just, just told you what the message said. Why did you get COVID? I didn't get COVID. Why did you get guys. COVID, though? <laughs> I didn't get COVID. I didn't. When, when Paulo told me what happened in his text message. <laughs> How did she I say got, it? I got to hear this. How did she say it? After she stopped yelling at you. She basically went, you have fucking COVID. <laughs> You know what you know what time it is, right, Sean? Or you already forgot? Or, or what are you doing right now? Are you moving towards the computer? Uh, you're not ready. All right, we're all right. Okay, okay, okay. All right, Denzel. <laughs> all right, oh. Lonzo. All right. By the way, it's on Netflix now, which is a great. Uh, whenever you're just willing to kill ninety minutes real quick, watch Training Day. Oh, Training Day's on Netflix now. On Netflix, yeah. You're welcome. Oh boy. Yeah. That's good.
That's good. I haven't seen training day front to back since. Oh, let me tell you, bro. Detective Hoyt, he gets in quite a pickle. Oh, yeah. He got that. <laughs> he got that wolf. He got that wolf in him. I've heard. Uh, ow, ow, ow. I, I've heard it's a uh, the thriller from. from <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, you can see that. You never know what uh, what's going to happen next. No, oh, no, man. Let me tell you, this Alonzo character. Quite the hothead. Quite the hot. Quite the unpredictable character. I heard he's not the most up and up police officer either. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> An LA cop? No, you don't say. Not to spoil it for you. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we're describing like the first movie that ever depicted a dirty cop of all time. Like the very <laughs> first one. <laughs> it's like what? He's dirty. Yeah, he's not a good cop though. Yeah, yeah he may you may be surprised how many corners he cuts. <laughs> Like the first movie since like since like way back in the day when it was like the yeah see <laughs> that, yeah, that era. yeah exactly like the very first like the very first story about a corrupt cop like sorry, <laughs> that's how we're talking about this. <laughs> no now, one ever heard of such a thing. Now literally every single uh, crime movie has a corrupt cop. If it's not corrupt, it's trash. Like every movie, pretty much. <laughs> Speaking of which, see it in the hill, guys. Season two coming soon. This month. Even the movies where like the good cop is the hero, like there's some other cop that's not a good cop that's that's in his way, like, he or she's way. Yeah, and then they really they and and the cops really want you to think that the mulligans of the world don't exist, bro. And right. yeah. you know, no, what you talking about, man? He died a hero. I know what you're talking about. Davins and fucking yeah. Speaking of that, I will, so this is this is how. Did you watch it again? No, I just been I just been okay. waking up. Trial four, by the way, is what Sean's referring to. Waking up, yeah, just excellent fucking documentary. But uh, I was waking up at weird hours. Woke up at like about four thirty this morning. Thought the news would be on, but no, there was this trial show on. Did you know that? Uh, I think we may have touched on this, but the George Floyd trial is upcoming, and they're right yeah, now selecting they're, they're, they're selecting a jury, yeah. or trying and, to at least. And uh, I guess two jurors are selected. Guess what? They're both white. So there you go. And just keep watch it, man. Just, Wait, so they're doing this like week by week, just picking. I thought they pick it all at a time, and I, and I figured they wouldn't go public until it's official. Nope. They normally, oh. I think, I think normally that's how it does happen. But I think in this high it's profile, like, uh, it's like it's the biggest. The prosecutor, prosecution, and and the defense they're they're picking the jurors, which is they're having a hard time because they can't. They, I'm I'm shocked that they can't find someone that's not a. Uh, you know, impartial to what's going on right now. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's it, it's on. Honestly, it's lining up to be like bullshit, man. Yeah. I I don't see how this goes. Unfortunately, it's such a fucking. You pick a side issue. How they're gonna find twelve people that don't didn't already pick a side on this? You know. Yeah, it's been a long year if you really think about it, because everyone has. Has an opinion on it. You yeah, know. yeah, because it's not. I mean, George Floyd is not on trial here. <laughs> the, the dirty yeah. cops are. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to cover our uh, political side of things. All right. We're looking ahead now. John, who the hell is the Celtics going to play? All right. Celtics play the Nets. We talked about it with Greeny at length. Celtics Nets tonight, 7 30. I'm assuming it's going to be on a little TNT if I'm predicting correctly. By the way, TNT, uh, Inside the NBA, great documentaries. 
Huge game. Uh, I think it'll be a statement win for the Celtics. I do think that this. I, I like. I, I. I may not put some money on this game because I want the Celtics to win. But I'm betting. You know, non-betting because my bets have been jinxed lately. But I think the Celtics will show up and take a statement win there. But not to get ahead of myself, don't want to give away my prediction here. But uh, then Celtics Rockets on Sunday. Now Sunday, you may think is an NA. Nope, false. They're playing at 8 p.m. on Sunday. Good sign for the Celtics. Uh, Celtics Rockets in Houston, though. This is going to be a little bit tough because if you think about it, if the the Celtics play the Nets at, in Brooklyn, then they travel to Houston. Tough little Brooklyn to Houston trip to start. Then you come back home on Tuesday. You get the probably you know arguably the best team in the first half of the season, the Utah Jazz. Uh, well, record wise. Yeah, and yeah, you know, record wise and streak wise, I mean, they won eighteen and nineteen or something like that. So, uh, and then and then traveling again to Cleveland on Wednesday on a back to back. So, the first four games they may not seem like the most formidable four teams, but the way that it works out, it seems like there's going to be a little bit of a challenge here for the Celtics to start off. But it all, I, in my opinion, it all, all. Lynch pins off that Brooklyn game. Like, if they can win that game, then I, 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 I clearly see them having an advantage going forward. But if they get if they get smacked, then that we may be we may be talking about something different. So, <laughs> uh, that, like that Brooklyn game, to, like not no joke. Yeah, it's like what Greeny said. I mean, look, you got Marcus Smart back. You got all that rest. You got you know the four game winning streak. Like, if you lay an egg here in a big way and you get blown out, that's going to hurt. That's going to go a long way for the Celtics team. It's yeah, going to be, uh, yeah, be mind, devastating. The mindset has to be different. I mean, Smart already said it. He was like, I want, let's forget about the first half and let's just fucking start fresh going forward. And uh, except for that back-to-back, though, with, with more likely Kemp is not playing there. So you want to start off on, on, a, on a good note there with the Nets. And Christian Wood's probably going to be back by the time the Rockets, they play the Rockets. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh okay, so talking records, what we got? We're four games: Nets, Rockets, Jazz, Cavs. What do we got? I go. I'm going two and two. Mm, you would three and one. You fence riding, motherfucker. Three and one. Why is that fence riding? Because you're saying they're gonna win two, lose two. It's... What do you mean? Those are we're talking about top tier teams. Who are they winning? Talking about teams that aren't on the top. Who are they winning against? Who three, are they winning? Three three and one. They lose to the Jazz. The Jazz got their number for some reason this year. Well, I think they're going to beat the Nets. I think they take care of business in Houston. Then they win two in a row on a back-to-back. That's 4-0, oh, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Get out of here. Nine game, no, eight-game winning streak. Technically, Jalen Brown, nine-game winning streak, if you think about it, right? Sure. Actually, you know what? I'll say 3-1. I'll say 3-1. Oh, no, you're going to get on this side, huh? You picked the side of the fence. What do you, you mean? That's not uh, you're on a whole other side. Four and zero, you're out of your mind. Nah, man. I I I don't think I get winning streak. Fuck out of here. I, I do. You guys believe in the Jazz long term? Yeah, I do. Yeah, you did at the beginning of the season. I know that, but yeah, in a big way. Well, I don't. I mean, I still got the Lakers over them. I'm not going that far, but they're oh. up. Oh, yeah, I'm no. Talking. In terms of right now in the regular season, yeah, they're 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 rolling. 
and they're well, and they're, and they're pissed about, off. <laughs> so yeah, oh, they should be pissed off with what fucking LeBron and KD were joking about about them, man. That was that was some bullshit. Yeah, like do you think that was planned? Do you think that was planned? I mean, that's definitely one of those like mind game type of thing where it's like. I'm not really thinking about you because no one likes you type of, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think a little bit. Some some plan planning going on. Yeah, but that's they've been quote Game. disrespected all season. And even they've even think they're being disrespected by their refs as well. So yeah, it's it goes with the territory when it comes to the Utah Jazz in general. Well, you know what I like to say about the Utah Jazz is that uh there's this big thing called karma, right? And when you're Rudy Gobert and you make fun of the coronavirus when it's starting to spike. And shut down the whole NBA one year ago. Then guess what? <laughs> I hope people clown you for the rest of your NBA career because you should be suspended at least for a year. <laughs> suspended. Rudy Gobert shouldn't be playing right now. He shouldn't be. <laughs> so if you were the commission, you were suspended for a year. I would have suspended him indefinitely once he <laughs> pulled that shit. It's <laughs> insane. That would have been such a crazy story. So, would, so even on top of the NBA being suspended, done, you would suspend them sus- even more. I would have suspended him until the last person on earth dies from coronavirus. And then after that, you can play. Again. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's what I would do. I would say until there is, there is a full month from someone dying from this virus that you made fun of and touched everyone's fucking phones and literally put the reporters their family, everyone they talk to, everyone they love, in jeopardy. Never mind all of the people in the organization that you did the same thing for. Like the fact that the Jazz still embrace this guy is bullshit. And in my opinion, okay, that I've, I've been on my soapbox about Rudy Gobert in a very, for a very long time, but I just still, I still don't like when I saw. Did you guys see the the thing sort of pop up again about him touching all the phones again? Yeah, because it's been it's been exactly a year, like you just mentioned. Exactly, so it made me made me even more furious. Yeah, I could tell by your tweet. Well, yeah, <laughs> maybe you can like it next time, Joel, so I don't have to regurgitate. You know. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, let's uh, wrap up the show the way we wrap up every single show here on Causeway Street, where we take our trip around the league with Joel's. In case you missed it, Joel, what did we miss? In case you missed it. In case you missed it. In case you missed it. Well, we sort of touched upon it with uh, with Greeny in terms of what he, he thought about the whole uh, Miles Leonard comment and apology. But um, here's a different take. Patriots wide receiver Julian Edelman wrote an open letter on Twitter to Miles Leonard. One quote that stuck out to me the most here because I guess he's he's not trying to pile it on like everyone else is. Essentially, he's like, you want to have a conversation? He's like, I'm, I'm in down in Miami all the time. Let's meet up. Yada, yada, yada. But this quote here, I like, I want to mention. I get the sense that you didn't use the word out of hate, more out of ignorance. Yeah. Which to me could be worse in this case because of the way he said it. Like, like you, you paused, you said fucking before it. And it's like, nah, man, I'm not, I'm, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't buy his apology. And I think the NBA needed to take action and they did. Well, he used it out of hate. He didn't use it out of hate for Jewish people, mm-hmm. but he, the Jewish hate. Yeah. Hate. This is, this is Edelman's take on it. I'm not saying this is yeah. what I, I believe, but yeah. So, so the Myers Leonard thing, I think that 
a fellow Jew, by the way, for those who don't know yeah. <laughs> Edelman. Yeah, and he's he's spoken out. Uh, I forget there was another guy. He did this before. Yeah, it was um, someone in the, in, in the NFL last year. Do me a favor. See what happened to that guy. I want to know what happened to that guy, but either way. I mean, the Myers Leonard thing, yeah. I mean, unacceptable, man. Like, you know, forget about the video game culture, which I still think is a fucking absolute travesty. You know, I, I think, yeah, it's all of the worst commenters online screaming <laughs> at each other. The first, and I remember the first time I found out, like, I, I, I'm not into it like that, but I remember hearing because it got, it was so bad that, like, a, a friend of ours would, Jermaine, right? He would just, he would just put the headsets on the side and I would hear these voices. I'm like, what is that? Just, oh, it's just a kid. I'm like, well, why don't you listen to him? I'm just like, let's see stupid kids say stupid shit. And I put them on, I put the headsets on for like a minute. And no, the amount of words, the amount of times I heard the N word and all these words. And obviously the voices, you're like, these kids are like 12, 11, whatever. I'm just like, why? Like, you could tell they're trying to get a rise out of whoever they're talking to. And it's just pure ignorance. They're kids, but it's just like, that doesn't make it okay. It doesn't excuse what happened. Like, yeah. No, Which, it definitely doesn't. Yeah. Also, I also think that, like, all right, so this is this is totally separate from the Myers Leonard thing. Obviously, bullshit. You should know what the fuck you're saying on a recorded fucking thing that you're fucking doing yourself to record. Yeah, you know what you, I mean? You set this up, exactly. Like, bull idiot. And whether more, you say it behind closed doors or not, like, yeah, it's almost more like he's apologizing because he got caught type, type yeah, of thing. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Like, if you say it behind closed doors, you, you're not apologizing. If you say it and you got caught, now you're apologizing. But uh, regardless of that thing, Julian Edelman thing. It was, um, by the way, um, Deshaun Jackson. Ah, uh, yes, yes, it was. It was. Uh, didn't get cut, by the way. Yeah. So, uh, I don't okay. respond to some you know, anti-Semitic comments from him. Here's here's what I say about Julian Edelman. Like, if he's gonna be like this voice of for like you know a certain people, then you just gotta do it. You just like I I just get a little bit ah maybe I don't know maybe this isn't a thought that I oh saying like reach out to him personally instead of like putting it out there. Yes, I got you. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, do you need do you need the limelight to do this? Or can well, you just I think. Make- I think I see what you're saying, and I think depending on the athlete or the person, whoever, I agree with you. But I think he comes from a good place. He's not trying to, he's not trying to get like any kind of glory. He just wants to be like, look, I know everybody's shitting on this guy. I'm also Jewish, and I'm not happy for what he said, but I'm willing to educate him, even though he shouldn't have to. <laughs> no, no minority should have to fucking educate anybody on. On anything, including, you know, heritage and, and, and background. And because if you really cared about educating yourself, then you do it yourself. Like, obviously, it's pure ignorance in this situation. Um, it's a common thing. I mean, and then I think that's why the NBA needs to step in because Adam Silver is Jewish. You know, the Heat's owner, he's Jewish. So I, I think like he needs to, this needs to be a president. A president needs to be set. Like you just mentioned, Deshaun Jackson didn't get. Didn't get cut when he said what he said, right, in the NFL. So, you know, maybe the NBA needs to needs to set that precedent. It wasn't as harsh as I, I thought it should have been, but the NBA is going to fine Leonard $50,000 and suspend him from team activities, whatever the hell that means. According to the statement released by the NBA, obviously his derogatory comments will not be tolerated 
So it remains to be seen what will happen to Leonard going forward beyond the, quote, suspension. So, you know, it is what it is at, at, at this point. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a good thing for him to sort of, like, be that voice. But I don't, I don't know. I don't know if Julian Edelman is the right person to do that. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. I don't know. But I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people out there that could have taken the same st- that may have taken the same stance, but aren't publicizing publicizing themselves for taking that stance. Gotcha. For you know people to praise you. That's one thing that I got a problem with. But that's just cherry picking. You know whatever it is what it is. <coughs> Yo, don't fucking cough in a podcast, kid. All right, what else we must? Bless you. Thanks. <laughs> All right. In case you missed it, the Spurs and LaMarcus Aldridge have decided to part ways. Oh. The Spurs don't think that they'll be able to get a deal done before the deadline. So most likely they will buy him out. But in the meantime, he's going to stay away from the team. According to Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich said he's been a great teammate. He had nothing but obviously great things to say about him. But I guess the Spurs are going another direction, even though they're in the playoff picture. So. If he gets bought out, probably, you know, a contender might look at him. Who knows? But either, no. he, won't, he won't get traded because it's, it's – No. If, he would, if, there was, if they were shopping him, like, actively during the season, then, you know, then there may be something that – but it, it, it didn't look like they were shopping him. So, I guess whatever happened after the All-Star weekend, they're just like, yeah, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna cut you. I, Sean, I, you're I, telling me you wouldn't upgrade Tristan Thompson for LaMarcus Aldridge? Okay, hold on. That's That's – that's different. I'm not talking about adding him on there. Like, yeah, let's be real, okay? He did his best, but Tristan Thompson up against Bam Adebayo, up against Giannis Antetokounmpo, he might show out for one game throughout a best of seven series. But let's keep it a hundred. He's not going to do it. I like my chances with Lamarcus Aldridge. Now, I don't want him to be the only move that Celtics team makes or Danny Age makes. But you know, I'm still I'm still riding with the address the wing position as soon as possible. I'm still waving that flag, but if you could upgrade one of your centers, you do it. And if you can bring in a veteran who can yeah. both ends of the floor, you do it. Okay. See, I didn't even think that was a possibility. I don't see one reason why the Spurs would want to trade him for Tristan Thompson and what? What are we going to give up a first round pick to? No, I didn't say all that. <laughs> <laughs> no, what? No, like I'm, I'm just. I'm you like, can't. Honestly, I mean, for, oh freaking hey! How do you feel about Grant Williams? I don't know. No, no, no. I mean, one of these, no, no. no like, I, one like, of the guys that's chilling next to Taco playing freaking hopscotch. One of those guys. All right. <laughs> one of those freaking EBC guys out of the bench crew. No, because think, because think the Spurs that, waited so long, they're gonna any team that's interested in him, they're gonna wait till he gets cut. They're not gonna trade. He gets bought out. That's exactly. the problem yeah. with this whole thing. The Blake. The Drummond, the now Aldridge. It's like once you bench him, yeah. Once you once you have to stay home, yeah, yeah. Unless you already had a trade lined up, you lose all leverage. I think Lamarcus Aldridge is going to get bought out eventually. I don't think there's a trade market for him now that they're benching him. So if the move is like, I don't know, cut Teague, add Lamarcus Aldridge, that that just takes minutes from Robert. Williams and I don't know how that I I I, I would love if, if if Lamarcus Aldridge was a wing then this would be the best situation of all time but he's not <laughs> yeah he's no. power yes. forward and you got about five of them on your team right now that yeah plays. and it's and it's funny that you brought up the other two uh, oh, yeah, Blake, yeah, Blake and Drummond because they're all making like 2021 they're all making like in you know 
high 20s, you know, 30s. So it's like, yeah, we can't get rid of them unless we actually buy them out because no one wants to fucking pick up them contracts. I mean, to Sway's point, though, the only team that could probably pick up his contract right now that they could get anything for maybe is the Celtics with Tristan Thompson and a and and a, and a pick. Maybe maybe this is maybe this does move their way. Maybe Sway, you may be maybe on to something. You can clear I, some cap space. It's a win-win for both teams. Well, the, the the strange thing is, so here here's something I want to throw out there too. Speaking of the Lamarcus Aldridge thing, the other day I was looking at sort of expiring deals, like big expiring deals. Listen to this. LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan. Now, this is the guy that I would go after. Patty Mills and Trey Lyles, all on pretty significant expiring contracts for the San Antonio Spurs. Now, here's the thing. San Antonio, seventh place in the Eastern Conference, better record than the Celtics right now. So are they going to be sellers? But they're set up to be a great team to sell if they start to lose. So keep an eye on those players. You know what else falls in that? Uh, Denver. And this is a team I brought up before the season started. I'm like, look, this, all these guys are on expiring deals, and it would make no sense for them to let them expire without getting anything in return. You got, uh, you got Morris who's going off recently in the backcourt. You got, um, Will Barton, who I've been a fan of, but he just can't stay healthy lately. So I'm kind of weary about him seeing the Celtics go out and get him. His leg's too skinny. That must, something, it must be, I don't know what it is. Some, some sort of imbalance going on because right. this dude, like, he'll he off for like three, four weeks and then he'll, he'll, he'll leave for like a month. So I don't know, but there's options out there. I, I just see the Celtics getting one of those guys that a team just looking to sell at the deadline. You know, we talk about the Isaiah Thomas deal. Like, yeah, of course, that's unique in its own way that he panned into a, he panned out to, to be a, a all star, but. Not from the, not to that capacity, but a win a win position player, double you know has can, can play both ends of the floor. Like that's ideal. I like those guys. Will Barton, a healthy Will Barton esque player, or whether you want to look down in Florida to the Terrence Rosses of the world, like you know. I would like a Terrence Ross, man. I really would, but don't get mad, Celtics fans, if that's what happens. I'm telling you. The only, I mean, honestly, honestly, you know. I do like Trey Lyles. I do like it. Trey Lyles, another one, yeah. As a, as a nice little like piece, just like the, the, almost exactly what you need. Like uh, you know, technically a power forward, but like not really going to play that. Like you know, and, but if you if you do if you if you ended up with like Trey Lyles and Terrence Ross, Celtics fans should be pretty fucking happy. Exactly. You know what? Right. And if you give up a draft pick though, and a Grant Williams, I mean. And you don't give up much. Yeah. Right. Right. I think the much, realistically, what's the most you think the Celtics would give up? Aaron E. Smith. For who? First round pick. Like, I'm in the, I'm in the camp now of, I don't see them trading Robert Williams or, you know, Marcus Smart, even if you want to keep going higher up, you know? No, I think, I think Vucevic, Vucevic is the one guy who Mark Stein just said, Literally, right now, they have no intentions of trading. So, there you go. Uh, thanks. Shout out to Cosmic Street for retweeting that. Popped up on my thing. Like, Vucevic, maybe you consider? I don't know. Maybe you do? Yeah, but if they're not trading him, yeah, obviously, you would Can consider. Can I say something, though, about Vucevic? Let me, let, me, let me throw this out there about Vucevic. But what does he solve, though? If you're talking about wing and I know. wing yeah. help and, 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 and a point guard off the bench. 
Well, I think he sort of gives you... And, and, and he Let's, might cost you Marcus Smart. <laughs> I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop here. Vucevic looks great on paper. Yeah. But then when you watch him play, I've never been like, wow. Yeah, same. He's amazing. You know what I mean? Most of the time I look up, I'm just like, he's got 20? How does like, he got 20 and 20 right now? I didn't even fucking <laughs> see that happen. <laughs> like, it's a, he's a good piece because he's, what, like 42, 43% from, the, from three-point lane, but... I mean, something's got plenty of three-point shooters. It's just you, you, he doesn't really fit a need, and you're gonna, and you're gonna, you know, pay a lot for him. Now, I'm not talking about money-wise, but just to to acquire him. Yeah, I do. I, 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 I really. The more I think about it, man, I think that Terrence Ross deal is sort of like he's got a little bit left on his contract, you know. But at the same time, like he can score. He's averaging 15 points a game. He's he's puts up you know uh, he's he's basically like modern day Ricky Dave. Yeah, exactly. It, literally, that's what I was gonna say. Like a guy that just needs to find his shot and like, like he shoots thirty four percent from the three point line, but he averages six fucking attempts a game. Now that's a lot of yeah, attempts. But he's, but he's not gonna do an you know an East Bay dunk in, in the fast break and try to get his own rebound. To pad his stats. Uh, I wouldn't put that past Terrence Ross. That past him. <laughs> you might do that shit. <laughs> if if, no, if Terrence Ross is in position for a triple double, he's one thousand percent gonna might do that shit. I, I I only bring that up because that that happened if he, if that happened like seventeen years ago this week. <laughs> I was gonna say if he hasn't already heard that story, if he has, you won't do it. Yeah, yeah. No, everyone's gonna. No, know Ricky. It. Yeah, Ricky did that, and and and, and R.I.P. to Tommy wasn't happy about it. <laughs> I think I think he's. Uh, I think he's young enough. I don't think he's old enough to remember that. I don't know. It was a failed attempt, by the way. It wasn't like he actually did it. <laughs> so, but just, oh, he did it, but the, the referee wiped it away. No, yeah. no, yeah, the rebound thing, yeah, but um, the East Bay dunk, like he on the fast break, he attempted it and he lost control of the ball and then almost went out of bounds and then he dunked it and then Tommy was like, "No more showing off, just dunk the fucking ball." I could literally hear him say fucking in his mind. Like, that's, how, that's how upset Tommy was. He's like, if the, he goes, boy, if that was me, he'd be right on the bench. Ah, Tommy. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, but Terrence Ross, the stats are great. I think. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like back to Terrence Ross. Guys. <laughs> he's 30 years old. Maybe he's starting to like mature into someone that, you know, wants to win and, and be a valuable player off the bench. I mean, John saw all that in his stats. No, <laughs> no, you know, he reminds me a lot of he reminds me a lot of Isaiah Thomas when they brought him in though. For real. Hey, what else we missed? <laughs> <laughs> all right, in case Ross Lowe. In geez. case you missed it, the 2021 Hall of Fame finalists were announced. And Paul Pierce leads Number 34. Leads the, the group. Leads a group of 14 finalists for the class of 2021. So he's just one step closer before he officially is inducted, along with Celtics' other legend, Bill Russell, but as a coach. Now, I want to know what the fuck has taken so long for Bill Russell to get in there as a coach <laughs> when you're the first black head coach in NBA history and you win two championships in the first two years of your fucking coaching career. As a player, by the way, still as an active player. Yeah, because he was a player coach, right? Yeah. yeah. How, why? Why did this take so? Why? Why are we talking yeah. about the 2021? This should have happened like in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, a weird. inducted on the first time, they just should have done player coach. You know, like just induct him twice. Like he's 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 allowed to do that automatically. Not wait fucking thirty some years. 
and well, ambassador. It's one thing to wait like ten years, but like it's it's been about I don't know forty since he last coached. <laughs> it's forty years. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, technically though, how many years did he coach? Eight or so. Well, he got the two championships he got. He was the player coach, and then that's nothing too. People forget like he left. Like the Suns were like, no, we're, if you're not gonna play, we don't want you coaching either. Yep. So then he went to Sacramento. He coached. Or no, he went to Seattle in Sacramento. Yeah, he yeah. coached. He coached Danny Age. Here, but it doesn't matter. You're the first black head coach who's still an active player coaching teams to championships. I don't care if you only did that just those two seasons, and that's it. You yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame. Plain and simple. Yeah. He's a pioneer. Well, there will never be any, and there'll never be another player coach. Let's do this. What's a, not, I'm not saying he doesn't. Rondo. I'm not saying he doesn't belong to coach, but what, what's the criteria for a coach? Like, like right now, who's a Hall of Fame coach outside of Pop? Uh, Spolstra. That's about it, right? Active coaches. I mean, you could talk active about coaches, but it's not that many coaches uh, that have been like around for is, a minute, though. There is um the Dallas coach who coached the Pistons teams. Yeah, Was but he it? didn't. But he didn't. He didn't win it. Oh, he didn't win a championship with with that with Dallas. But you know, Carla, you're talking about Carla. He he coached. He coached some of those Pistons teams when after Larry Brown, but like. He coached them. He coached. He coached those Dirk teams, the championships. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been a consistent guy, and I I think you know low key he's a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I mean winning percentage obviously matters, and and Russell had a, a above fifty percent winning percentage. Doc, Doc, is he is he a Hall of Fame Doc's coach? A Hall of Fame coach, because I think Doc isn't a Hall of Fame player, but because of his whole line of work, I think that he'll find the Hall of Fame. I don't know. And he's done. <laughs> I don't he, know. Might, he might need another one, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think to solidify him being a, a yeah. Hall of Fame coach, I think he needs one more. I think he's, I think he I think he's there, but you know, I'm a little key, winning percentage. You know, how many people have coached, have played? Uh, he never won a championship as a player, right? No, no. Uh, this guy Michael Jordan kept giving him trouble. Yeah, yeah. Knicks. So those Knicks teams. And, well, and and the Celtics got in the way too with his Atlanta days. But honestly, how many people have been an All Star NBA player, coached uh, an NBA Finals team, have a great winning percentage as a coach, and then also broadcasted for a couple of years too? You know, or a year and a half, half a year, or whatever. Yeah. Not a lot of people have Doc's resume. I think that Doc should be a, a Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that because when we talk about the Hall of Fame, it's Basketball. It's like it's like yeah, it's like limited to just like the NBA, but like this is the basketball Hall of Fame, so it's right. it's it, it covers out everything from fucking college and beyond. So yeah, I get that. I get I get what you're saying. And coaches are I rarely looked at as Hall of Famers. Yeah, and there's always coaches that come up. Like look at the coaches on this year's list. They're Rick, not Rick Adelman. Yeah, like Rick Adelman never won nothing. That's true, but he's constantly on the ballot. But she's not, <laughs> come on, Charlie. He's not. He's not going to get in. Get the fuck out of here. He's constantly <laughs> on the ballot. And 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 speaking of finalists, every freaking year I see his name. On and sp- yeah, and speaking of you know uh, other finalists that have been there more than once, Chris Webber. This is his fifth straight year as a finalist. Is he going to get in? Uh, I think. I think that this year, I think it's going to be Pearson Webber. What about Chris Bosh? Also, oh yes, yeah. so Bosh, and, and and this is something that I had. to... I got corrected about on about a, a long a couple of years ago. I don't remember this. You guys remember this? You say he wasn't a Hall of Famer. I said he wasn't a Hall of Famer, and somebody goes, "Guess how many times an eleven-time All Star hasn't been an All of Famer?" 
And I go, Bosh made the fucking All-Star team 11 times, bro? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. First yeah. ballot. Yeah. That is. Chris Bosh and Ben Wallace, too, is on this list. Yeah, but Wallace needs to wait a little bit. All right? Wallace, yeah. Wallace, eventually. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if it's Pierce, Bosh, and, Bosh and Wallace, but I really hope it's Pierce, Bosh, and Weber because, you know, I, you're li- you're talking about again the basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame, yeah. And the Fab Five. That's a big. That's a big. There's not one. It's a big chapter of basketball history. Not one player in the Fab Five that will make the make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a, yeah. You're right. And then you had you had you had his you had his five you know NBA All Star appearances. Uh, I think he was you know All NBA five times as well. So yeah. I got you. That makes sense. Um, Worst shoes. Tim Hardaway. No. Okay. Um, wait, hold on. Let me go back to Chris Weber. Remember when he wore the dad-ass shoes with yeah. the spinner? Oh. Yeah, I remember that shit. Those I do remember those. NBA all time. Those were those were like the, the it was the Spreewell era. <laughs> I wonder if you can buy dad-ass sneakers with the spinners on them and how much they're going for. I'm going to check them out. Yeah. So yeah, Wait, though. we will have that. The winners or those that are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame that will be announced in May, and the uh, ceremony will be held at Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield yeah, no. come September. Even though there's no date officially set for that, it's and like also, it's, it's and also spring. the 2020 Hall of Fame, which was postponed obviously because of the pandemic, will take place in May, and that will be in Connecticut. Look for that, which obviously is Kobe Bryant, KG, and Tim Duncan, and so on. That's right. That's right. Hey, Sway, you're right. Spreewell had the spinners. Yeah. Uh, Chris Webber had I ride spinners. I ride spinners. All platinum, shiny, da-da. Yeah, yeah, but they were both da-da, though, yeah. All right. uh, That's going to do it for this edition of In Case You Missed It. (laughs) Obviously, follow us on all social media platforms. At Causeway Street. Oh, and before I forget. Uh, a judge in Kentucky actually has signed an order permanently closing a criminal case against Breonna Taylor's boyfriend who shot a police officer during the deadly raid that killed Taylor. All attempted murder of a police officer charges against Kenneth L. Walker have officially been dropped. Taylor was fatally shot by police who burst through the, her door with a narcotics warrant back on March 13th, so a year this week. She and Walker had settled in for the night when police arrived, knocked down the door. Walker said he thought it was an intruder that was breaking in, so he fired a single shot that struck an officer in the leg. So, as always, hashtag justice for Breonna Taylor, hashtag justice for George Floyd, hashtag justice for Jacob Blake, hashtag Black Lives Matter. And for more lives, subscribe to our Patreon, you know, Causeway After Hours. That's right. You know what? We get it popping. You you can... Mess around and win yourself a, a free jersey for doing that. Oh, that's all right. Second half, what? we're going to get you ready for this push into the into the second half of the regular season slash the postseason because you already know we'll 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 pass the uh, uh, midway point. You know it's gonna it's gonna go by so fast. So we want to make sure you guys look fresh to death in your favorite uh, Celtics jersey. Subscribe. We're gonna do a raffle, and that's all it takes for you to subscribe. You enter the raffle. You win. We ask you which player you want. Shit, you really want Robert Williams? You want Pritchard? You want Tatum? We'll get that jersey for you. 
Shit. We'll even give you a fucking Trishan Thompson jersey if you want it. I don't know why, but if you want that, that's part of the, the, the reward of, of subscribing to our Patreon. But we won't give you those, those shitty-ass looking new jerseys that were just revealed earlier. You know, this you don't week. like those? Those shits look garbage. Wait, the banner ones? No, not the banner ones. The, um, uh-huh. they, they, released, they released the new ones, like some new... Uh, what is it called? I don't want to say city edition. It's some new, some new shit. It's like dark green. Yeah. It's some, it's some new it's shit. The, it's called the earned it. The earned it. They fucking no. earned it. Joel, what the fuck, man? I I missed it. And just in case, you know, you're supposed to fill me in on this shit. What's new Celtics jerseys. What we got here? They're nice jerseys, man. I like them. I don't like. Them. They can't be worse than the gray joints. The gray joints are look like caca. The gray, uh, the gray short sleeves were the were the worst. Yeah, ones. yeah. Anything, anything with sleeves was bad. Oh, these got sleeves. No, no, no they don't got sleeves. No, no, they don't got sleeves. Nike's like, yeah, we don't do that shit. Yo, you guys are lying. Mm-mm. Go to the Celtics Twitter. You have lied. Let me see. Did you see the jerseys or no? Yeah, what are the uh, fucking Seahawks design these? Jeez, like the trim. The trim is what drives me nuts. Why is it lime green? It reminds me of the Seattle Seahawks. Why is that fucking highlighter green? I don't need that shit. I don't need to glow in the dark shit. Yeah. Stick with the, nah. stick with the, stick with the classic. That's it. Yeah, no, we're not giving that shit away. No, I'm just kidding. If you guys want that, I guess you get it. Hey, I don't know you want, right? Fine, whatever. <laughs> if you ask for that, we're going to send you a Kyrie jersey. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus. No, whatever you guys want. We appreciate your support. All that good stuff. Josh, check us out at CausewayStreet.com for your Celtics rumors, news, and opinions. And we'll see you next time. After the Celtics catch that win against the Nets, getting them dubs. Yeah.